0: Recorded in our studios in Montreal, you're listening to the Tribute Game podcast. Tribute Games is a company where we make uh, retro-inspired video games, and this podcast is pretty much the discussions that we have while we make those games, or just—it's uh, like you're in the, in, in the video game minds with us, and it's uh, a whole lot of fun. Hopefully, so uh, I'm myself. I'm Yannick Belzil. I'm the writer for the games, and as
1: well, I'm the social media manager. I'm Dom 2D. I'm a game designer. Justin Sear,
2: animator, game designer. Stéphane Dutin, artist.
3: I'm Carl Kirschel. I'm a comic book artist who
1: works upstairs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Guys, how are you doing?
3: i mm. uh, pretty
0: good.
1: Pretty good. Yeah. Nice. We just had a lot of fat food, so we're yeah. all really comfortable. We
0: don't have time for that.
3: Dom, have to go to the dev corner. Cheese. <laughs> 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 <Jeez.
4: Death quarter. laughs> you've cornered him yes <laughs> oh. that's
3: your job Steph yep. you gotta do the jingles yeah. that's a dev corner jingle oh. Yo, so uh, in that
0: dev corner we just talk about uh, what we've actually been working on this week and how see how our sausages get made so mm. not our actual sausages uh. just sausages in general the, sa- the sausages that are video we, games why don't we just start over no I <laughs> think this is oh, great.
2: that was beautiful
4: I think is right. great Justin, you're working... Just to be clear, they never saw my sausage. No,
2: we're
0: not talking about body sausages or meat sausages. We're talking about video
2: game sausages. Dev sausage.
0: Dev sausage.
2: So how's the sausage going? Yeah, how's the the Curses and Chaos sausage going? Going Going great. Uh, I think when I last left you, I was sort of bottlenecking all of the production. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to report... Progress is going smoothly. Uh, so, yeah, I had a lot of assets because uh, John just got into a, a frenzy and did, like, I think about a dozen enemies. So, I had to work on levels. And I think when you're in development it's it's really important to, to pace yourself because when you're coming out of a bottleneck it's kind of overwhelming and you want to do everything at once so I just had to sort of maintain a, a pretty steady rhythm
0: and uh, what is it that you're doing again is it so far I think we've talked about it last time but I think what you split your mon- your mornings in half like yeah. in the morning you you actually create uh, sprites for the games like we I think we have like 30 enemies in Curses and Chaos we talk at at lunch like something like that so So,
2: yeah so and and, because like I have dual roles I do animation and level design and game design actually that's three roles so uh, got a lot of hats Mm -hmm. but um, there's and that's how I figured it would be best to sort of split my work is to you know do some animation in the morning, sort of get a nice warm up, and then in the afternoon do level design. Which there is a lot that needed to get done, but I think I plowed through like all of uh, all of the vig- village levels. That doesn't mean anything to anybody, but uh, it's a good chunk of work done. So,
3: uh... well, why do you break up animation in the morning and then design in the afternoon? I mean, I'm I'm only asking because personally, like I feel like <clears throat> my brain is more functional in the morning, so the mm-hmm. design portion would be better done then and then like the animation stuff is kind of more like mindless not that it is mindless obviously but it's no. more it's more grunt work.
2: Yeah, no, it's uh I, that's actually a good question. I think for me because like I'm really comfortable doing animation. It's a nice sort of thing to sort of ease into and it's, some, it's something I like doing. So it's uh, it's kind of easier to warm up to it and then in the afternoon doing like the level design stuff that requires a lot more concentration. So I have to sort of be very mentally alert at that stage and do it uh, very systematically. So, I just for me personally, that's how I kind of like to break it down. Uh, Probably
4: has to do with lunch as well. Like you have a spend a smaller portion of your day. Yeah. In the morning, working on animation, then you go to lunch. Yeah. And then you have the whole
1: afternoon to
4: concentrate on and then and something then, else. Like start a new task. Yeah. Coming
1: back from lunch. And then John arrives. At work, okay,
2: yeah. yeah, we're actually uh, because we're an independent studio, we have the luxury of coming in when we want to, and we're on a very European schedule.
3: All of Montreal is on the European <laughs> schedule.
2: Yeah, if someone doesn't know what is an
0: uh, European schedule, what is it?
2: Uh, well, it's it's a nice way of saying we're kind of uh, lazy. <laughs> no, it's uh, like. We're late bloomers. Yeah, because like there's like a six hour time difference, mm-hmm. so we start our days much later, but we finish a lot later too. So like a, a a standard day would be for us like not nine to five, but something like ten to seven. That's probably an average work day. So yeah, this the small portion of what's left in the a.m. hours gets done for just what little animations left to do, and then in the afternoon it's uh, it's levels. But that's levels.
4: just like right now because you've you've gone through most of the animation. Yeah. So you don't have much left. So.
2: Yeah, that's true, and it's it's and a lot of it doesn't need to get done. It's all it's a lot of touch up work too. So for me, it's like oh, good, I get to just do this small thing really well. I went through
4: all of them, like just oh, yeah? Just now, yeah, because I was trying to find the interesting uh, interesting enemies to put in the intro. They it seem
3: finished to you, or do they, is there are there parts where you do you give notes? Back and say this. Oh, can no, use no, more no. frames, or this needs something.
4: But get... I, I, w- I want to put it on record that I think the the sorceress is really amazing.
1: Oh,
2: thank you. Yeah, it's, it's, is uh, that
1: the disco sorceress, the one that raises? Is, is no,
4: it? no, no. I don't know the name of this one. Like mm. the brown. Yeah, magician guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does spells. Yeah, yeah. He does that kind of uh, Saturday night theater <laughs> emotion. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, it's fun. It was fun to 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 make the. Thank you. It's it's nice to make the little uh, sixteen by sixteen style sprites and uh, don't go super frame heavy with them. But you know, I think the animation's pretty good for what they are. So.
3: What are you using Photoshop?
2: Yeah, it's a little bit overkill yeah. for what we need to do. It's just that's all we've ever known.
3: Yeah. It's all I know. I've done very little animation but yeah. I, I get I know Photoshop and I kinda I, it's clear to me how there
0: that used works. to be a time where you could just fire up the old image ready ah. that came with Photoshop oh, no, and it was just TV. much more simple because maybe you'd draw your basic sprite in Photoshop and then you would put it in an image ready uh, line up a bunch of frames just draw stuff and imagine it, and when it left, even though they
2: just pretty much merged them together, yeah.
0: Yeah, it just doesn't feel the same. It feel like I'm using too much uh, software for this small, tiny thing.
2: It is pretty amazing, though, the animation features that you can... This is getting really nerdy, though. No, but... that's the
3: point. Yeah, yeah That's yeah. what I want to hear.
2: You can do a lot in the animation features of Photoshop now. Like, you can import sounds and, you know, export oh, whole movies oh, and stuff. Yeah, they, they can you kind of can do...
4: merge... They, they, they implemented the simplified... Um, after effect 5
3: yeah. yeah i've used the timeline i didn't know you could do audio yeah
4: yeah it's really movie it's movies. really simplified and
2: if you want to make like a small movie i guess yeah. i don't know
4: i actually did the intro
2: no kidding at that way that's right huh. the the mock intro that you've you done which will eventually lead to the finished one too so it'll probably all get done within photoshop so it looks great yeah and I got like I mean for for pixel art I think a lot of people use like graphic scale or gimp or uh promotion, I, promotion, promotion. that's the other one but um it kind of made me it made me feel like very relieved when I knew that uh, Jonathan Kim and Mariel Cartwright use uh Photoshop. Who are those people? Those are people that we work with on Scott Pilgrim, who yes. are now at Lab Zero doing Skullgirls. Yes, yes. And they use Photoshop to animate, too. So for me, that was like a... Yes, and their Photoshop.
0: stuff is way more intensive yeah. than any of our pixel animation. It's not even like a high-res pixel. It's really... It's hard, yeah. It's m hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wonderful.
3: One day I'm going to come in and just watch over your shoulders while you're animating in Photoshop. Just oh, to, yeah? Because I've, all, I've done a very, very little bit of it, and I'm always kind of... um. I understand how it works, but every time I like, and I'm sure there's an easy way around this. Every time I change something in like one of the keyframes or the first frame, it mm. kind of makes it yeah, change the like the, yeah, across mm. like a dozen frames. the worst off, the feature, yeah. yeah. But I'm From sure you can function. probably turn that off, right?
2: Yeah, yeah or there's workarounds. Yeah, yeah but it's
1: still I'll come and watch. Too we complicated for we couldn't probably should have just stream a like a, an enemy design. Or sure, something yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, oh, I yeah. should do a twitch
2: sure. of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would
3: like that. When I first discovered and this was like maybe two years ago, I first found out that you could Google image search and find entire sprite maps in the games. Ah. I went crazy I mean, yeah I, I, it was like, I felt like <laughs> i found some sort of like capone's vault and i just i just started hoarding yeah <laughs> like downloading all these fight maps and hoarding Surely people will know yeah this someone's gonna will. figure out this is, <laughs> up, this is live and take it down
2: yeah i kind of miss the days because people used to ju- use more animated gifs like they'd rip them and make them into animated yeah, some gifs people still do yeah but and you it, could do
3: that with the maps
2: that's right yeah but i uh, yeah so uh it's, there's, there's some really good sites for that too, like uh, Spriter's Resource. Yeah, there's
0: just one that's called VJ Sprites, I think. Uh, mm. But I remember that's my earlier career as a, as a pixel artist in video games. Like, that's pretty much how I learned to mm. pixel art, was just finding those sprite sheets, blowing them up and uh, in my screen, and having them... Uh, you open your Photoshop, you have one window, or you have even, like seven windows are different <laughs> spreadsheets. <laughs> then you draw your own and you just you you just have a laser focus
3: on the this, this uh, is a long this is a convoluted way of telling us you're tracing people's sprites.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> yes, well, exactly, and right. I got away with it until then. But he's, he's building upon them, right? That's how. Well, it's more like to realize
0: how uh, how a uh, detail was boiled down to a specific uh, matrix of uh, of squares. Yeah, like, of course.
3: And that's how you learn. I mean, I even like to pixel. I haven't done much pixel art either, but but just down to the amount of like you know like fake dithering mm-hmm. and blending i mean yeah. some people do none of it and some people go crazy with it.
2: someone even had a really good tutorial on like how to have uh, a dithered brush so that you don't actually have to go in and do it all yourself it actually just in like big broad strokes paints like very precise like oh. dithering hmm. uh, for gradients uh, in pixel art it's it's pretty nuts Curses
3: doesn't really have dithering in
2: the game. No, but I mean, for such tiny sprites, it would be kind of lost. Maybe in some of the backgrounds, did you, you do much dithering? No, you just no, actually... I don't like dithering. You no, know, but I mean, you masterful use of color, so he doesn't really need to, so... But, uh, I don't know, Paul's...
4: But, but, but the resolution doesn't really...
2: Permit it. Yeah, yeah.
4: it's kind of... Because and the fact that it's going to get like blown four times on the screen, yeah, it's it really um,
2: gets lost and it, it muddy. Feel, it
4: feels like you're adding noise or yeah. details details instead of actually creating a gradient or something
2: mm-hmm.
4: like that. It's like the resolution is just too small.
0: Like one thing like, again, like looking at those sprites, I realize is how um, like Capcom's Street Fighter sprites and how little color they actually use. Like mm-hmm. when you see when you see move on the screen, you think, oh, there's it uses the whole rainbow of colors. But as you look at it, oh, like, Ken's... Uh, Gee. Gee just has, like, three, three shades of red in it. There's maybe four. There's yeah. a, And the fourth one is a highlight, but the rest, it's just, like, three or four shades of red. The whole thing... You can suggest so much with so few colors. And then that's one of the main things that you, you would learn uh, when you just look at those sprites from up
4: close and then you... It's a really different approach as well. Uh, like, doing pixel art for something that's going to be displayed on a big screen, mm-hmm. like a television, and, and for uh, small handheld devices. Like it, the, did the, you
0: change the way you you drew? Because yeah, yeah. I, I've learned it for small, tiny, yeah, exactly. non-smartphones.
4: And dithering and, and uh, anti-aliasing work better for those. But uh, it becomes... Like, it, just, it doesn't create the same effect. Because you, you use those uh, for really small-scale stuff, uh, so that it, it it looks like colors are blending together, but when it gets blown really big, it, it, it doesn't have the same effect, like it becomes... Muddy? Yeah. It, it, noisy. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it, it really... You don't get the same um, blending effect hmm. as you get on small screens. <laughs> so, like, mo- most of the... I know, I first noticed that um, looking at uh, NES games, like when, when you have, like, big cutscenes, mm-hmm. most of them... No, the ring at all. No anti-aliasing. Just because it 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 doesn't doesn't look as good. Doesn't create yeah. the effect that it creates.
2: Yeah, and it's neat too because like the transition from eight bit to sixteen bit. The people that had like a really good grasp of color, they didn't actually use more colors. Like again, characters from Street Fighter have maybe two, three colors per sprite, but maybe more shades of the same color. Mm-hmm. Like Ryu's pretty much just white skin tones and a red bandana. Mm-hmm. But that's still just three colors. Yeah. So. You know, it's not just, like, having more colors is a better thing. It's, like, how you use them.
1: I think it works on on GBA games more, because, like, I've been playing a lot of old GBA games, and there's oftentimes, like, full illustrations that are, like, super dittered, but then it's such a small screen that it doesn't matter. But, like you said, it's when you put it on TV that it messes everything up.
0: Oh, yeah, I think back then on GBA, they went crazy for it, because suddenly they could do it on a suddenly they had color and then like if you look at some of the i guess the reward screens and the mm-hmm. and the Metroid games like all yep. those different beauty shots of uh, yeah. Samus in her bathing suit and there's a crazy galaxy behind mm-hmm. her it's always crazy dithering and uh, mm-hmm. photoshop effects
1: yeah i've been playing Metroid Fusion and some of the cutscenes are like part of the game where you see the uh the other samus like breaking through a wall, and it cuts to like a full picture of the the image, but it's like super dithered and not super good looking, but it's still still pretty good.
2: I think some of the better like pixel art dithered graphics are stuff from like the Amiga days and like more like old PC. Like uh, I don't know if you know this company, Bitmap Brothers. I think they're now defunct. They worked on, like, Gods and, uh shoot, what was it called? Soldiers of Fortune? Oh, mm-hmm. that was the American name. It was uh, the Chaos Engine. Chaos Engine. I mean, I don't think you can come up with a better name than the Chaos Engine. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. and I think you're,
3: you're biased.
2: Yeah, I'm a little bit biased, but uh their stuff's really good. They have, like, a very, again, sort of, I use it too often, but masterful uh use of dithering. So, I think for, like, PC and old Amiga stuff, you'll find some really good stuff. Uh... Try trying to remember his name now. Hank Nyborg. He's a really good artist, too. Who's he, that? He's, again, I think some European witch <laughs> area of Europe. I'm not sure. But from way back when, he, again, did stuff on like Amiga. Maybe not so far back as Commodore 64. But you look at his stuff, and it's just like crazy how much detail he puts into it. But again, with a very, very limited palette. So <laughs> if you can, check out Hank Nyborg's stuff, his art rules. I will. Yeah. Let's close out this uh, this pixel
0: talk by because we have a lot of artists, pixel artists around the table. Do you have a specific tip for someone who all, who might be might be in pixel art, or might want to try or learn it right now? Like just a tip you have about pixel art from the top of your head right now?
1: Don't, don't.
0: <laughs> you know what? He's
1: right. Don't. There's so few of us. No, uh, I, I, I suggest reading uh, Derek Hughes' uh, tutorial on how to do pixel art. You can find it on. Uh, I think it's. Something, how to make com or something like that. It's uh, the creator of Spinunky who did a really helpful
2: tutorial. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's like, you have access to just about all the sprites from any game you've ever liked, so.
0: That's true. I just look at those and see what they did and how they simplified shapes and, uh, and uh, highlights and colors. So that would be my main one.
2: Actually, I think a really good tip too is if you're doing sprites and things, like if you want to try and match the style of a sprite to a game, like work on a sprite and then import it into a screenshot. If you see that it, it looks like it belongs in the game, you're probably on the right track. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good exercise to do. Because I see a lot of people, they do sprites and idols and things. But then in context, it doesn't look as good. And I think another tip I could give, maybe specifically for animators, is do more than idol and attack. That's actually probably um, a, a bigger part of working as a, like a professional. is You have to do so much more than like the fun stuff. In fact, I think being a professional is more about doing all of the work that's needed because, and of course you need that stuff, but you see far too often people doing like just the idle and the attack. But what would you call the bad stuff, like the boring stuff? Uh, like, get hit one, get hit two, uh, you know, fall down, get up. The, the stuff, or it, and for some people, that's probably fun, too, but, you know, show, like, the whole gamut of what a character's actions are. Yeah. Because if you look, again, like, maybe just, like, a, a sprite sheet from something like Street Fighter, there's a lot of stuff in there.
3: Yeah, it's, like, three different taunts. Y- yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: So I think it's 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 fun to show more than just, at least, if nothing else, do more than idle and attack, yeah. because... You know I think being a professional means doing a lot of the work, especially the stuff that you don't necessarily feel like doing all the time.
1: Would, would you recommend for someone who starts to uh, to begin with small anime, like small characters like uh, like maybe eight by eight or 16 by 16 or do you, would you say that it's better to start with something?
2: I don't bigger? know. I think uh, I, I think personally I like smaller sprites because you can do a lot m- more work faster but it also requires like a different sort of like mindset Mm -hmm. so if someone's more comfortable, whatever's you're most comfortable with, I mean you shouldn't always work within your comfort zone but for someone starting uh, you know, work to your strengths and you try and bring up your weaknesses as much as you can I think that's the best advice I could give.
0: You always start with something you think you can finish because the most important thing when you try to do, you want to do art or stuff like that, do something that you'll finish and then you move on to another thing
1: or newer thing. Okay, so I'll do for the first time and I'll do sprites for a whole mmo with
2: like 400 characters <laughs> if you
0: can finish it yes yeah, okay. yes you
2: should <laughs> yeah i think if nothing else maybe don't have just like one big showpiece. because if you do like this character that has like this amazing animation you know you're gonna want to show the next thing you can do so it's like yeah if that took you a month good luck because you know you're gonna have a pretty bad year <laughs> yeah
0: you could have m- maybe in the meantime do many more less ambitious characters but you can
2: have one who's
0: crouching who's jumping or who just goes to a different cycle of animation or something like that but
1: that's why I thought I thought you were going to say that making smaller characters is easier at first because you get to finish them faster and move
2: on to for me that's totally it but for somebody else you know maybe working in a larger because I, I think Steph you like working on larger uh, resolutions and like larger sizes
4: I don't know it depends like
2: what did you start with?
4: Well, I was going to say earlier that uh, probably working on smaller pieces would be uh, more useful for for someone who wants to learn pixel because all the constraints will be there. Like, you, you'll have to go through all of them. Yeah. Uh, every um, obstacle you'll encounter doing pixel art, you're going to have to master them at a smaller resolution. So that's probably better. Like, uh, I started doing pixel on the Game Boy Advance team at Ubisoft, and uh, I learned a lot of stuff uh, doing so, like uh, not only pixel art stuff, but also like uh, color, because mm. you you learn all the relation between colors really fast, because uh, the end, end product of pixel is always clean so you can you can play with colors uh, really really fast and learn uh, their relation together like uh, uh, just contrast or like doing a a metal pipe with only two or three pixel Mm -hmm. you learn stuff there Mm -hmm. it's really important so there's a way to place pixel to do certain shapes so if you work smaller, like you'll you'll have to go learn those yeah. quicker than if you do a really big piece and like it, the bigger you go, the the less it matters. Mm. It simple.
2: almost becomes more like drawing after yeah, yeah. a certain yeah, exactly. point, a cutoff. Yeah, it, it,
1: like having tried to do pixel art a couple of times, it feels like you're almost like you're learning a language, like some curves and some some uh, shapes. Like you need to figure out how to yeah, make exactly. them appear. You
4: learn your. Uh, you you learn your, your, your stairs yeah, now, yeah. The, how like much like stairs this
3: can be flat and, and how, many, how yeah.
2: many yeah
4: yeah exactly like th- that's something you you actually learn like it's it's something they're trying to get rid of uh, in video games the uh, <laughs> uh, the higher resolution you get like uh, they put filters and stuff yeah. like that but doing pixel that's something you actually have to learn and master
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah I remember because uh, my career started off we were doing I was doing porting work so a phone that had a the screen that's like two stamps. And uh, there's one great uh, point on my career where we were doing this uh, this uh, strip poker game, which was called Sexy Poker. Two thousand, The first one was 2003, yeah. second one was in 2004. Sexy Poker. Very sexy. And it was like these anime ladies, but for the smallest uh, resolution, first. Who gets excited about a really uh, (laughs) small-resolution naked anime lady? Like, there's barely any details at that point. Well,
2: you're you're at the wrong table for that question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If the way a a lady would be drawn, like the way... head would be tilted or angled uh-huh. there was no way you could render that <laughs>
2: <Because> <laughs> i don't know that sounds like a challenge <laughs> <laughs> well, I, next week i did not i did <laughs> not
0: uh, meet that challenge and oh, that no. her face looked really weird because at one point because of the uh, of the stairs and how the, the curves <laughs> have to be done and diagonals it, it don't look like anything anymore
2: yeah i remember uh, that reminds me of like my first week when i worked at gameloft this was weird. Uh, I'm going to have to try and condense this as much as I can. I'm sure you can. So uh, Gameloft at that point had just gone through like a restructuring phase. Like it had gone, I think, up to like 400 people and then woof, back down to 10. So when I started, it was like me, John, and 10 other guys. And can I do some name dropping here? Christophe Derain, who's like one of the top tier guys at Ubisoft oh, Montreal. I just
3: met him. Did you. Under
2: one... Oh, because you do contract work for Ubisoft.
3: I do. Maybe I didn't meet him. I might be thinking of someone else. Yeah. I know his name, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No, mission accomplished. Yeah, well, he, uh, <laughs> he, he's one of the top brass at uh, UB Montreal. And we he, get it. Okay. So he was uh, he was the studio manager at the time. For and, Game wait, is that what you call condensing a story? No, <laughs> I'm doing a bad job of it. But, well, yeah, uh, I think we'll do that later on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's good with the editing. And um, we were working on a, a solitaire game, so I was just working on some like card dealer, and he came by and he said, uh, about the face I was working on, because you were talking about faces, he says, Quoi, uh, ça l'art d'un museau de chien? Which translates to, wow, she looks like she has a dog's face.
3: <laughs> what did he <you> say?
2: <laughs> nothing, I was just like, you asshole. <laughs> Internally, of course. But I mean, there's nothing like your boss coming up to you and saying, that girl's face looks like a dog, and... Just walking <laughs> off.
3: Yes. Did he know you were working on him? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. He knew. he
2: knew. He <laughs> knew. He didn't give a shit. So, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Yes.
0: I I, I just remembered also a, a great moment in my career that's uh, sexy poker related is when... uh, <laughs> we, uh <laughs> Go on. Which one? one? <laughs> Which one? Uh, the the ga- uh, 2003. 2003. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> the, the original installment. Right. And uh, it, because for the uh, uh, an American version, we carriers because games had to go through phone carriers at the time. They had to be vetted by phone carriers back then. They could not have full nudity in the games. So when the ladies would get naked, that they uh, even though they were cartoon ladies, they needed to. Uh, we needed to censor their private parts and their nipples. <laughs> the, <laughs> just said <a> "sex" <laughs> instead of the "sex." Instead of the actual breasts, right? exactly. <laughs> but no, but we had to censor it with pixelation,
1: so, <laughs> like a mosaic. Like a mosaic. Like so the nipple was probably like one pixel already. It How was like you... top.
0: It was like a, a, a four by four pixel square. <laughs> sure. Anyway, but then I had to redraw pixelation on top of it. Wow, so bigger I, pixel. Yeah, bigger pixel. So, so I was <laughs> destroying the fine work that was already dead, <sighs> done, and then hmm. I'm like. Carrying that off to different levels, to different shapes. I'm like, oh, this is a great career I'm having. Like, <laughs> Man, pixelating <development>. Pixel- crotches. <laughs> mm.
1: Amazing job! <laughs> and
0: then going from a, 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 a not so great job to a great job. <laughs>
1: Dom, what's up with your prototype this week? Uh, my prototype. Yeah, we've been we've been trying a few things with the core mechanic. Uh, that
0: Let, let's let's say, so this is the first episode someone ever listened to. First, great choice. Thanks for joining us on the Tree Games <laughs> podcast. But uh, you're working on, the, on a on a platformer prototype, uh, yeah, type of game.
1: Our our big our next big game, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it's still very much super early, and we don't really know where, where we're going with it. But we how have how many weeks as the as there's been prototyping. And and you've been working on it? Like two or three? OK. Something like that, yeah. So we're just looking for the one mechanic that's that's fun and interesting. And, and I think we have something really good. Like I've been making uh, designing levels for it just to see how, how it plays, uh, thinking about enemies and power-ups and stuff like that. And uh, we're at a point where we're pretty happy with it. We're also thinking about the uh, the look of it and the, the setting for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been I've I've been looking at a lot a lot of uh, other platformers and see what what works. I've been uh, watching a lot of sci-fi movies, so maybe it's going to be sci-fi, who knows. Mm. Uh and I think next week we're going to probably going to start like drafting more yeah. visual stuff. Like I didn't mock up this week, but it was mm-hmm. like brainstorm
4: like, it's going to be a brainstorm marathon yeah. next week, yeah. watching movies and it should be fun. Taking notes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what's fun with working with Dom. Like everybody else here, he's very like multi-talented. So, because you've only done like design stuff so far, that's sometimes not easy to illustrate.
1: Yeah. especially, so especially since we're using,
2: like we said last week, Mercenary Kings assets. Price. Yeah. Uh, like the the prototype, it's very fun. But it still feels like a mod yeah. of Mercenary Kings, so I really can't wait to see because that's what uh, I mean. You did that 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 mock up yeah. in like a day. Yeah. So when he came in, there was nothing, and then by the end of the day, there was a very fleshed out yeah, mock up of what it could look like, tra- mm-hmm. and it was just amazing because it's like again something that you know you know is probably going to have a very big impact on mm-hmm. on like the later part of the game. So
1: yeah, it was fun to have something to show. And I think at. Thank you, guys, and suddenly more interest in the game. Also, when I oh, show sure. that, because it's like, oh, okay, we're not doing just an army
2: game again. And yeah, yeah. Like we can all use our imagination, but everyone, you know, it becomes more real once you see the, yeah. those those and new even, assets. Even making it like
1: making the the up like you you saw the kind of the design logo that I put in there and the the characters and stuff and the colors, you, you can still you can already kind of think about those things and discover new things as you're doing the mock-up. And next week, it's going to be it's gonna be amazing how fast it's going to grow,
2: I'm sure. Mm-hmm. leaps and bounds.
1: So yeah, it's fun. We're having
2: fun. Good
1: stuff. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's on it's no, yeah. I'm not developing oh. anything right now. Wow. Yeah, actually, I am. That's not true. I'm, I'm, working, uh, on, uh, I'm working on my... Card game. I'm working, yeah, I'm working on my first... Uh, actually, there are no cards in it anymore. Oh,
1: no. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good.
3: There are, there are but it's... Uh, radical overhaul. I realized that it's... Yeah, it's a radical overhaul. I've done... Um, I mean... Not even being facetious, I've, I've done, like, on my commutes and lying in bed, I do a lot of thinking about this. Yeah, of course. And it's, um, I realized that the, the actual card, I didn't want to design a card game. Mm-hmm. And the card stuff in it was not really relevant to the actual mechanic of it. And so mm-hmm. it's, um, I've sort of whittled it down to what I think is kind of a core mechanic, which I'll, I'll tell you about it later. But cool. right now I'm actually, I don't have any time because I've been crazy busy, but I want to, um, I want to, I, I, cause it's just me working on it. And I don't, you know, I've never done this before. I want to just, I, I have just like a mental list of things to work on. And, um, and the first thing is to take what I showed you and yep. actually, actually refine the, the mechanic into something that feels good. And then from there, everything else is kind of just yeah. trappings, you know. So that's what I'm kind of sort of brainstorming now. Any, any comics? Any comics that, that I'm developing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I got the, uh, I spent the last few days refining um, the first issue of Gotham Academy because we had all the, co- we had like two different guys working on the colors and then I had to pitch in and help out and everything went in last night. And then they added the lettering, final lettering files, and now we have the final PDF of the first. And when
0: you mm-hmm. talk about refining, like what is it that you do? You well, just redraw something? I,
3: yeah, I I, was, I, drew, I had drawn the whole issue. that like, was all done, right? But um, there were things that, because they went to Romain in France, and he painted all the backgrounds, and he was doing everything, but then it became its way. First of all, I should, I should preface it by saying the look of Gotham Academy, the way we've approached it, which is kind of like doing an animated film, Right, it's like it's painted backgrounds and kind of flat, cell shaded characters on the front, and it is a completely unfeasible thing to do in monthly comics. Mm. It looks like it might be hard to sustain. It, yeah, it's it. a it looks ridiculous saturated. thing to to do <laughs> on a monthly schedule. And but we we but I've always wanted. I just love that art style. I've always wanted to do something like that, and and we had the. Resources and the, like, I actually got a, the it's, colors I wanted. It's like
4: a, a, a got cathedral.
3: Yeah, in every, in yeah, every yeah, it's battle, yeah, battle yeah, battle <laughs> ridiculous. <phrase. laughs> um, but so what happened was inevitably was that um, our colors got behind, and then we had to bring in another colors to just do the characters. And uh, and then he had very short notice, and because the series is like all new characters, there's nowhere to go for reference, mm. and no one knows what the end result is supposed to look like except for me. Mm. Um, he did what he does, and then I got all these pages back, and they were, you know, like the characters were like wrong colors here and there, mm-hmm. or like um, some stuff had been rushed in the backgrounds, or, or needed to be unified or tweaked. And I had to add posters to the like dorm room walls and like yeah, stuff I... I wanted on this person's shirt, like all that stuff. I spent three days just finishing, finishing, and then like then like playing with color levels to make sure the foregrounds and backgrounds were. You know, look unified. Had you done like color studies or? No. Well, I, yeah, I did. I did. I did. Um, the first thing I did was a bunch of character designs and a palette, so they're just like eyedropper colors from the uh, the characters. And I said, this is the color of Olive's shirt, and this is what her skin color is, okay. and her hair. And um, but colorists are. I mean, like that's fine. Like, what usually what in comics, what they'll do is like they go through a stage called flatting, which is what which which means that traditionally comics when you're not painting the backgrounds, which is usually the case, right? Mm-hmm. Like they'll just they'll do a complete pass on the page that is just flat colors. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be the correct colors. It's just flatting all the colors so that it separates
2: So it's like blocking it out all blocking almost?
3: it out so that you can easily go in and select stuff and refine like and say, okay, I'm just gonna select all the skin tones oh. now and shade those in, right? But um, but because these guys are like painters he went in there and just started rendering stuff based on the room light. Oh. Right? So, like, he wasn't really using the palette I gave him. He was just like, well, this sky is sunset, so I'm going to color these characters like... it's uh, Which is a completely correct way to approach it. Yeah. Out, except that it... it it's time-consuming? So it's time-consuming, and it destroys the the painted versus flat yeah. animated mm. kind of look. So I had to say, you know... I. And and also he's he only speaks French and is un, like and lives in France, so he's in mm. like, he's in a different time zone. <laughs> no, it was just hard to communicate. So he'd be working, you know. I'd get a bunch of stuff from him at six in the morning, and be like, I wouldn't, see, you know, I wouldn't yeah. see until later. Then communicate with him. And anyway, it's all getting kind of smoothed out now. And now that we have a first finished issue, I think I can just say, make it look like this. Yeah, yeah I don't have to try to communicate. There's a precedence now. And yeah, okay. You just satisfied f- with it? Yeah, I'm thrilled with it. I'm I'm I was. uh I was kinda of out of my head with fatigue and <laughs> <laughs> frustration for yeah. three days, but then when I got the finished PDF this morning I like I almost cried. Yeah. We yeah.
1: we were lucky enough to have a glimpse at it, then it feels super rich. Like it shows that you guys have spent way more time and energy on the backgrounds and yeah. the colors and, and right. everything.
3: That and I think I hopefully, at least to me, even though I've seen it a million times, like it feels it feels like it is rich. It is world-rich. Yeah. Like it feels mm-hmm. like the characters, like the places existed and people have lives that have existed mm-hmm. before that mm-hmm. story started, which is really all you can hope for.
0: Yeah, it felt it, it's it's a first issue and it's a good introduction to the world, but it does not exactly feel like a first issue because it feels like those characters have, have existed for a while. Yeah, yeah they all have that, histories. It's not that new. And also, one thing that is really important about it is that Professor Milo is yeah. in this.
3: What is <laughs> With it is uh, crazy? Yeah.
0: Professor Milo is like a, a pretty obscure Batman character. Like he has a bowl haircut. Like he's he appeared like two or three times in animated series as well. It's where I know the the character and I've spotted him there. And he, I know he's like from the fifties or something. He created animals. Something. Yeah. yeah, he was
3: kind of kind of like the Doctor Moreau of the Batman nice. world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like. Professor Milo is in this. There's <laughs> so great. many obscure characters, like actually that the woman who, uh, it, like in the cafeteria who reprimands the one kid is, I mean, is a, so Harriet. Harriet from no, Bar- yeah, yeah, Harriet 60's <laughs> TV show nice <laughs> yeah, did, did part they of give that you lists of uh, no we gave them lists and, and, and the said like characters. we want to use all these weird D-list, characters and they were yeah. like okay <laughs> 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 no one else is using that's like crazy. the second issue has a really weird character <laughs> nice I'll show you guys that one later yeah,
0: I, I hope it's haunted tank because I, I know, just
3: it's another it's another Batman TV show oh okay well
0: sadly they didn't
2: so we can we expect the uh, Gotham Academy uh, tribute game
3: as soon as (laughs) (laughs) I'll put you in touch with DC licensing wait and see if it sells well first before you get on that ship
1: when's the populace going to have access to that first issue
3: October 1st 1st. really soon
0: yeah it's perfect for Halloween as well it's a cool mystery uh, right on the edge of fun horror all ages of horror it looks like it's going to go into it gets pretty dark yeah cool Justin, you have a topic for us.
2: Indeed, I do. Uh, I was thinking about: Do you is it better to finish a game to have like a full appreciation for it? Uh, thinking about like the differences between like games and movies and stuff, where like you wouldn't watch a trailer for a movie and say like, "Oh, this movie's good or bad," or just watch fifteen minutes in game and go like, yeah, this yeah, was pretty good." Exactly. But I, th- I, 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 it seems like a lot of people do. Like they'll only play the first few minutes of a game, but have something to say about it? So, I don't know. Do you feel like it's important to have to finish a game to have a fuller opinion of it?
1: I, I'd, I'd say that for a reviewer, it's really important, like for someone who wants to talk about it. But for people, I don't think so. Yeah. Especially these days when games are uh, super long and like a lot of it is, is just the same kind of combat or action. Like it's. I don't think you need to finish it. For me, it's more the opposite. When I finish a game, is a good... Uh, proof that it's good,
2: yeah.
4: <laughs> it was actually. Just a, sorry,
3: I was going to say just the fact that you finished it. Yeah, you put the time in. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: It was actually a a, a big issue for uh, for us with Mercenary Kings mm. uh, when it came out. The reviewers, most of them, uh, it, it was obvious they they'd only played like a couple mission, yeah. and then they were basing their whole review on those first few missions, and they, they were they were uh, pointing out the uh, problems or flaws or putting putting stuff at, as flaws yeah. when it was something that would have evolved or mm-hmm. uh, like
0: like something i've heard a lot concerning mercenary kings was a lot of real people system yeah
4: and I, only five bullets
0: exactly it's like, they complain
4: yeah, about that's it that's your first gun
0: <laughs> that's your first gun so they don't they don't get into the crafting of it until they've played much longer and once mm-hmm. they get into the crafting of it they're like oh now i get it i make a more powerful gun and now the game is easier it's way better it's easier to go through and stuff like that but for some people it just takes a really long time to get to it even though the like the first three missions are save your gu- your your knife crafter and your gun crafter so yeah. obviously now these people are there i'd say think? i'd say
4: also your the first the first gun you make is a big milestone in the game yeah. like mm-hmm. the first time you you actually try like a a, a
1: rifle or a,
4: a shotgun yeah. it, it really it Really opens up your mind's like
1: Whoa, okay. <laughs> I feel like it's a fair complaint though, like okay. I, I haven't worked on it, so I can be a little less biased, <laughs> yeah I feel it's a fair complaint, especially these days when there's like there's hundreds of games coming out every week these days, and you will buy a game and try it for an hour because. If it's not good after an hour, you, you can put it in the the pile of not so good games.
4: Yeah, sure, but that's what I mean. Like it it it, it felt like they didn't even play an hour. Yeah, well, that's the the complaints they were making were part of the first like two three yeah. missions. So maybe like top half an hour.
1: So that's why I said reviewers should do the whole yeah. game because they it's their job to tell the people, hey, you should stick with it. And it's good later on. Um, but yeah,
2: yeah, like it seems because like unlike movies. Because you can watch a movie for two hours and only have lost that yeah. and be like, well, it sucked, but it was only two hours. But most games are like, you know, 10 hours plus. Yeah. And like you say, there's more games than there is time to play them. Mm-hmm. So that's why a lot of people... I think there's also an investment not only in time, but in effort. Like learning a game these days is
1: kind of... I don't know, it feels a little more tiresome for me because mm. it's, it's not only like g- going right and, and jumping on stuff. It's more like a two-hour tutorial and then finding out the mission structure and how yeah. to craft and how to yeah. do all.
3: Same for me. If I, if I put a game down for more than two or three days, yeah, when I come back to it, I have to relearn everything.
2: Yeah. So what's the sort of consensus, do you think? Uh...
3: Well, for, I think it sort of depends on the type of game. I mean, if it's mm. a story-based game, then I think... Um I think you kinda have to finish it to get a proper like like The Last of Us or something like yeah. that, right? Like I mean you have to finish that game to really appreciate it. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Some some games come in come in a big chunk that you need to do the whole thing for it, but some of them are not as Um, whole like you can just know that you like or you don't like devil may cry or something because you like or don't like the combat
3: yeah but i think you can know that pretty quickly yeah
2: yeah and then there's some games too where it's like you get a better appreciation for it as it goes on like mercenary kings like Mm -hmm. i think every tactics game i've ever played like final fantasy tactics i might have put a whole weekend in before i even knew what i was doing Mm -hmm. yeah and then i had to just start over from scratch and then play it through but mm-hmm. uh yeah sometimes a game gets better as it goes along. But... Probably a
4: lot of game also benefits from the opposite. Like you only play fifteen minutes and <laughs> it's good. Yeah. And if you... <laughs> You'd have finished it. You, you you wouldn't have liked it as much. Well, yeah, right?
2: that's true. There's some games that are very sort of like beginning heavy, where it's just there to impress yeah. you, and then you can see like as it goes on, like <laughs> they ran out of time. Well,
4: most most big games actually
2: like, yeah. these big
4: big company games like AAA their, stuff. Yeah, yeah, AAA stuff. It's it's like it's it's fun for the the first like
1: hour an hour or so. <laughs> There's a name for that front and, uh, uh, it's the same front, loading? The front loading. Yeah, front loading games.
3: It's, it's, um, it's actually a really interesting question because I think it's, <clears throat> I think games have changed or, or the, the culture around games has changed so much in the industry in the last bunch of years that, like, when I first started playing games on the Commodore or on the, you know, on the NES or whatever, I mean, there were few enough games that if I got a game, that that's what I was playing. Yeah. For my, and I just had, like, it was a matter of pride yeah. to finish it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I became really obsessive, obsessive compulsive yeah. about wanting to finish every game that I started. Mm-hmm. And so now, even now, like, years later, um, I feel really guilty if mm-hmm. I don't finish a game. You yeah. still
4: cry at the at the top of uh, Ninja Gaiden two? No, I, I, no I those. I finished those. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but, but there have been a bunch of games in, in recently that I have not finished because mm-hmm. of whatever reason. Because like there's other stuff. I've got a life and children and all that. Yeah. So
2: it's, it's true too, though, because like if I know I'm not going to be able to finish a game or put the hours needed into buying it or playing it, I won't pick it up. Because even if it is good, because it's too daunting, it's like, yeah, I just don't have the investment for it. It's so what is too daunting for you? You finished Pokemon in, like, two days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that was... Uh, let's see,
3: Pokemon... I got my third gym badge, by the way. Oh, nice. I'm back on the, back on the horse. Back on so the I'm track, like,
1: yeah.
3: I'm going to I'm finish this one. I've never finished a
2: Pokemon game. Oh, it's... Uh, but see, like, even Pokemon, that's a game where, like, I'll do that every now and again, where, like, it's really, like, this big chunk mm-hmm. of gaming culture missing from my landscape, so it's like, I'll play a game, even if it doesn't interest me, and that game did, but then there's other things where, like, same thing for GTA, same thing for God of War, these are games that were, you know, coming up to the second, third, fourth sequel, and I hadn't even played them, so it's like, I'll play one to have an appreciation for it and finish it, because it's like, now at least I have a full understanding of what one game is like, so... A full
4: understanding of how pretentious these games are.
2: (laughs) But you know, sometimes you get surprises, because, like, God of War... I actually pretty much had, it, it pretty much confirmed every suspicion I had about the game, and it was good. It was a good solid game, not for me though. Yeah. GTA, on the other hand, it's a game where it was a much larger investment, and it also surprisingly became a game where if I didn't stick with it, I would have not had as full appreciation for it, because the game really takes, um, it, it, Uh, See, I can't even think of how to say it in English. It takes form. Yeah, it takes its meaning. Yeah, the 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 full meaning comes from having played like a lot of it. Like when you've like gone from different parts of each town, it's like, wow, this is like one big world. Yes, you're living the life of these characters exactly. So uh, uh, that's a game where I think after I finished it, and it it actually took even a, a few months after i put it down and i thought about it again like that game was really cool yeah so
1: um i had the same thing with red dead redemption where at first it was like eh, the systems are not that great but once you really get into it and then you're hunting uh like uh, brigands and yeah like,
2: like saving people like it feels really good yeah and then there's there's times too where like uh in gta like you start off just by walking around And one of the first things I think you can steal is, like, a bike. Mm. So you're just that much faster than walking. And then you steal a car, and then you can get that much better. When you get to the point where you can start, like, stealing planes, you've actually covered so much, like, a... surface area by walking and, and riding. That when you take off on a plane and you see the city from below, you're like, wow. <laughs> like, I know all of these places and you, I can fly he, over it. You yeah, guys should see Justin's face right now. Yeah. <laughs> he lights up. It's a pretty child at Christmas. But it's even better still because that game had like random soundtracks. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it was like just some David Bowie song. Yes. It was just like, you couldn't have, uh, prepared it better if you tried. <laughs> it was just. Tree. Two, two one <laughs> yeah it was pretty much that and then you just see like your whole town that you spent hours in from like way up above
1: oh video games uh, bringing a
2: smile to justin's face yeah love it love it love it yeah
4: another question i don't that we can nail (laughs) i don't nailed it yeah you know what i don't but
0: i do think we nailed it so we should quit while we're ahead and uh, stop and and end this current episode for this week Mm. so uh friends uh first people thanks for listening if you've enjoyed this podcast please uh you can subscribe on itunes and you can leave uh reviews for us on itunes which uh, gives us more visibility and gets the podcast
1: otherwise we'll we'll stop doing it
0: yeah we'll stop doing it although if you hate (laughs) it don't try and do that for for us to stop doing it because we'll keep doing it but tell a friend yeah write write a letter to a friend or your
2: congressman write a letter to justin
0: (laughs) write a letter to
4: justin (laughs) sure well tell a friend you you hate it and then you can have an argument with that friend because you'll love it exactly there's something for everyone on this podcast
1: so uh <laughs> what just happened I don't I don't even know where can we find you it's the outro Okay. Dom where can we find you on the internet I don't even know Uh no at at uh, Dom2D on Twitter and uh yeah you can see us on Twitch probably
2: next week we're gonna do a bit more twitching Justin we're not gonna do like <laughs> we're <work to> gonna <laughs> Twitch on Twitch yeah <laughs> is that what they call it now we're just gonna be twitching I guess I don't know it's uh, t- I'm not hip <laughs> <laughs> that expression actually... Streaming, sorry. <laughs> all right. Uh, Justin underscore seer At Twitter. At, at Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just make that the running <laughs> gag. All right, I'm
4: going to try it this week. Um, at the JGS JGSboutin.
1: Is there an underscore between the two? No, no, no.
4: It's all in one word uh, on Twitter. And um, also a blog, uh, boutin... That blogspot.com.
0: You can nice. see all of his old stuff. Um, yeah, it's yeah, pretty it's good. Getting, it's
4: getting pretty old. It's getting pretty old, but it's pretty good. I can't put anything new because of Mercenary Kings. Like, oh, I, yeah. I've, 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 I've done a shitload of stuff for Mercenary Kings, but it's all it's being all wrapped- held back by <laughs> the art book. Yeah, but it's the, coming uh, out soon. Right, it's coming yeah, out. Yeah, it's yeah. going It should be coming out very soon. We're really excited. In my it. fashion, as soon as it comes out, I'll make a uh, twenty-four pages. <laughs> post <laughs> just everything in a, one day for the whole book. Yeah. about how you're not happy with it but
3: Carl where can we find you on the internet uh, at Carl Kershaw on Twitter and Tumblr excellent, excellent. Yeah.
0: you can find me at Yannick Belzel on Twitter and you can find uh, you can find Tribute Games uh, at Tribute Games on Twitter so if you talk to the account it's me you're talking to so uh <laughs> so be nice (laughs) please please be be nice or be be polite Uh, you've been so far but who knows Mm -hmm. so uh, thanks Guy for listening to us and uh, you'll be uh, listening to us again next week
3: see you